Welcome to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for people like you who care about the social impact of conscious companies and everyday heroes. Hear inspiring stories from those who put people and planet before profit and personal gain. You'll learn how you can make a difference, vote with your dollars, and get involved today. Here's your host, Karina Belizzi. Hello, fellow do-gooders and friends. I'm your host, Karina Belizzi, an activist and cause marketer who's passionate about social impact and sustainability. So passionate, in fact, that I created a five-step guide to help you unleash your inner activist. If you're curious, it's available for our entire community. All you have to do is go to our website and sign up for our newsletter. That's carebetter.com. And there'll be a pop-up window as well as a sidebar. Just sign up for the newsletter and it will be your email gift in your inbox almost immediately. Now today we're going to talk about the environmental costs of raising children as we connect with Bailey Bauman, who has her own podcast about a very specific part of child rearing, the diaper years. Her podcast is called The Cloth Diaper Podcast. She invites us to think about this particular part of our waste stream and how cloth diapering may not be as hard as we've all grown accustomed to thinking about it. Bailey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's so much fun to be on someone else's show for a change. <laughs> yeah, and then you don't have to do the editing. <laughs> yeah, yes, most importantly. <laughs> so I'd love to just hear about your journey. Like what led you to the moment where you decided to start this podcast? I have a degree in environmental studies. So that's probably a good background is I went to school to become an environmental lawyer, but kind of abandoned that because I learned that environmental law Usually you work for the other guy. You don't actually, <laughs> you don't actually get to do the good work that you thought you might w- want to do. And so when I had babies and kids, cloth diapering was definitely going to be part of that journey. Landfill, all that jazz was key priority for me in choosing what I wanted to do with my kids. And so I started cloth diapering and I'm a oversharer. I love to share everything. So I started a blog and Instagram. Social media is on the rise in 2015, 2016, 2017. But also what was on the rise is that when you get a whole bunch of moms on the internet, we get postpartum moms on the internet. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of emotions because we're going through that time of life where we're trying to figure out who we are Mm -hmm. and what our babies are doing. And unfortunately, that can cause for a lot of drama and catcalling and mean girl attitude on the internet. And we were seeing Mm -hmm. that happen in the cloth diaper community to the point where in 2018, been cloth diapering and blogging for about three years. And I went, why, why are we just relying on comment sections to hear a story? And mm-hmm. um, why are we like, why is nobody getting to the bottom of this story and trying to figure out what's actually going on with these brands and what the truth is? And so I thought, well, I could start a podcast and do that. Like I could be a journalist. If so, and that's and that's kind of what I did. I was like, okay, well, I'll start a podcast and I'll start talking to brands directly and getting the story from them firsthand instead of relying on what had become this like gossip rumor mill. I mean, mm-hmm. we had a cloth diaper Facebook group that was called like Fight Club where they would just fight about cloth diapers and <laughs> the brands and the drama. So like it had gotten really intense and really bad. And so the podcast kind of came out of this just need to, cut the chase and just talk to brands and hear the story and hear the experiences that are happening without the drama of social media. And so it's been now almost four years next year in 20, I guess in the summer, this summer. And um, 
a hundred shows now and I've made so many relationships with brands and retailers and really just worked on bringing us together and finding out what is really going on in the industry. What, why did people start their brands and getting down to the core values that we really all share and getting away from the drama? The drama still lives on, but trying to find some new ways to talk about it. Now I see on your shirt, I think it's oh, yeah, I Pop Diaper Mom. Mom. Nice. Yeah. Those are my shirts. I usually wear them in my YouTube videos because I was a YouTuber. I tried YouTubing. I've tried a little bit of everything. These days, I mostly just stick with podcasting and social media, but yeah. It's a great way to get in connection with an audience and tell a story deeper than you have the 10 seconds for on TikTok or whatever. So, well, that's like, yeah, social media. We were just like getting glimpses of stories or what the algorithm feeds us. And Mm -hmm. so podcasting has really given that opportunity to share that full story and get to know people's like real passions. Like there's so much passion that goes into my industry, into this industry. Okay. So I did prepare a couple of statistics for our audience because I think it's important that they understand. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. (laughs) Okay. So it can take up to 300 years for a single Mm -hmm. diaper to decompose in landfill. Now, I don't know that there's a more shocking statistic than that. I think that's the same for a plastic bottle. So that Mm -hmm. was surprising to me to see that it would be so long. Now, this is a traditional diaper, the Pampers or Huggies or whatever that you're Mm -hmm. used to from that perspective. There are more eco-friendly ones. And so I'm sure that proponents from seventh generation or the honest company would have a thing or two to say about how long it actually takes Mm -hmm. their diapers to decompose but still up to 300 years. And if you think about the fact that for a single child, you're likely to go through about 100 diapers a month and you could be potty training them for three, sometimes even four years. That's a lot of diapers. That's a lot of space in in landfill, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then the other one that was surprising to me, I didn't realize that disposable diapers didn't exist before 1961. So I think that's an important thing to think about. It was Victor Mills who first created Pampers and they were made available in 1961. It's not been very long. It's not very long. 1961, what's that? 60, 60 years. And in 60 years, I think what the, one of the most interesting things for me is that look at what disposable diaper manufacturers have been able to do with marketing in 60 years, right? Because you could go to a hospital and you could go talk to every new mom on that floor and they might not know anything about cloth diapering. And what they think they know about cloth diapering has been completely influenced by 60 years of disposable diaper marketing. And when I, I feel like I got shivers because I just, I just did right now. It ripples through everything that we know about disposables. It's not just disposable diapers, right? Like disposable plates, They've had so much power in what we know about consuming. Yeah, I don't, it it scares me. It's, it's like a cigarette companies almost. They have been so rampant in coaching us to just accept it and be okay with it and not think twice. Well, you can make money off of this extractive type of community. I mean, they've made billions and billions of dollars. And nobody thinks twice about it. A little bit of a tangent is that in the cloth diaper industry, an industry dominated by women who make and manufacture diapers, when we start talking about those women making money off cloth diapers, the world falls apart. Goodness forbid that a woman who's selling a diaper makes an income from that cloth diaper product. Suddenly she becomes a villain that she is taking advantage 
of people in poverty, that cloth diapering needs to be a solution for poverty and that people can't make money off of it. But the disposable diaper manufacturers have been allowed to make money for 60 years and nobody thinks twice about it. And that's been a really hard conversation in our community because growth mindset and scarcity is huge. Women undervalue their products and undervalue what they're selling to consumers because they're they're scared about they were the backlash if people found out that they were making money by selling cloth diapers. Let's just sense? think like about it, it this way. That's a terrible, I think it's terrible. I just... <laughs> if a diaper costs 25 cents and somebody goes through 10 of them a day, mm-hmm. that's two fifty a day, right? Yeah. $2.50. And if somebody has a cloth diaper, something that they wash either by hand or in a machine and reuse, are they yeah. spending two fifty a day? Oh, that's a good question. Probably less. They're probably uh, not. Right? Like an average dash is about 500 bucks for three years. Yeah. Like and a, not only that, so it's actually a cost saving. So I want people to think that way too. The other piece of it is that the outer shells of the diaper, I see handed down from mom to mm-hmm. mom to mom. So it's really just the guts of it that you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And there's something else that I think people need to think about when it comes to potty training. One of the things that I think makes potty training a little harder for kids is the fact that these diapers are so quick to moisture wick that they don't sit in wetness at all. And yeah. so they're they're basically sitting in this jelly that's absorbed the the pee or whatever. And sure, they might not get diaper rash, but you're they're being encouraged to sit in that for a longer time. They don't realize that they've necessarily gone to bathroom the same amount. And so therefore that potty training could take longer and their ability to be more independent, therefore takes longer. Therefore they're at your (laughs) heels more and you're having to change their diaper more. And so there's even an emotional time consuming cost to this disposable diaper perspective. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Like, I mean, there's not a lot of actual research into the potty training stuff. It's general like hearsay in the community, mm-hmm. but it'd be really fascinating to do a study on. But at the same time, like this is an industry dominated by disposables. Why would they be interested in supporting a study to find out what, how potty training has changed over the last couple of generations? But yeah, it's like a cloth a diaper. diaper gives you that wetness feeling, which can be really advantageous to potty training. And even if you don't hit potty training early, I know a lot of parents love cloth because cloth comes in sizes. So disposable diapering kind of ends around a size six, and then you'd have to get into like a medical grade product. And so cloth diapering, you can just reach out to somebody who's making it and make it bigger. So we find a lot of parents with special needs kids go into cloth because they can get it custom sized for their bladder and for the child's size and shape. And it really offers a lot of great needs, especially like when you're looking at a size six diaper, you're almost looking like at a dollar 65 a diaper, at least here in Canada. And it's, that's a big cost. Wow. Yeah, I I haven't seen them cost that much here, but that's a lot. But then there's other industries that also rely on the disposable diaper too. So Mm -hmm. you start thinking about the diaper pails, right? So like all of these products that I get somewhat connected and they kind of just feed one another's continued success and use. Wipes, diaper wipes, right? We're seeing a huge increase in trouble with wipes in sewer systems, right? Mm -hmm. You you picked up on that, especially in the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, But the disposable wipe industry is a huge one that feeds off disposable cloth diapers. Wow. Okay. So what are you seeing shift and change? Is it becoming at this point more accepted within mom communities to do a cloth diaper or have a cloth diapering perspective? 
It, we're, we're not really there. I just did some visioning with the industry the other day, and we're still all thinking it's another five or 10 years before it really feels like it's going to be mainstream. We're still having a lot of conversations with new parents who didn't even know it was an option. So we're working on it, but it's it's been slow to pick up. We had a big boom in 2020 with supply chains shifting. We're seeing a new pickup in disposable diaper or in-cloth diaper services, but it's it's still slow. It's, it's still a very niche market and it, it's not known. I mean, you, you talked about your personal experience, right? Like you didn't use no, I cloth wasn't for you, right? And so we still meet a lot of parents yeah, who didn't even I'm know sorry. it was an option. Like, I, it's okay. I mean, and that's, we're not, nowadays a big shift, I would say since I started diapering six years ago is we're shifting into this embrace it part-time mentality. And mm-hmm. it's been really positive for our community. Just try one, just do it once a day, just do it on the weekend, part-time routine. Mm-hmm. And you're making a huge impact in your monthly budget. You're making a huge ba- impact in your landfill contributions and you're casually easing in. So this is a really interesting perspective because Jonathan Safran Four is a proponent of taking on a practice of no animal products before dinner as part of his way of solving, helping us all solve the climate challenge, right? And so if we're going to reverse global warming and return to some normalcy, we've all acknowledged within the climate community that things are going to get worse over the next five to 10 years, even if we stop all emissions and suddenly all of us shift to cloth diapers and all of us, all of us, all of us across the board Mm -hmm. do all the things that are going to support drawing down carbon from the atmosphere, well, we've already kind of created this crisis that we're in and we're going to live in that repercussion for a little while, which is, I think, part of why it will take five to 10 years to see more moms transition to a cloth Mm -hmm. diaper as mainstream, right? But if you were to take that perspective, okay, send them to daycare with cloth diapers. You're not messing with it. They are, you know, (laughs) like, well, get your daycare to do hire a diaper service. So that they don't even have to do it. And all of the kids at school have diapers, right? Like mm-hmm. there's some really great social systems we can put in place here. Yeah. And certain right municipalities <laughs> offer compostable diaper services. So oh, there cool. are some other alternatives, but that is kind of a disposable perspective too, right? And you would buy into something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there are other options out there for Mm -hmm. trying to reduce this particular waste. But I also think it's important to think about where we are with cloth diapering today. So I thought an interesting kind of approach to this would be to just talk about what it's like to cloth diaper in today's world, like today's mom versus somebody back in the 70s when I was raised in a cloth diaper. (laughs) Okay. So are we like, I mean, the modern cloth diaper is almost exactly like a disposable and that you just, you fasten it and go. It's pretty much all built in. I know we're on sure a podcast. You have a safety got, pin, but we don't do that. Anymore. I have a safety pin. I mean, I have a diaper pin because it's such an iconic symbol, yes. right? And actually when I rebranded my logo, I had my graphic designer threw this, the, the diaper pin in it. And I was like, you know what? We got to ditch it because I don't know anybody who uses a diaper pin anymore. I mean, um, I was raised with them. Gone. Like, they used to have, they looked like little bunny heads or something or little chick heads, yeah. like plastic. Yeah, with them. So that kids don't swallow them. Yep. 
because I, I was on a podcast the other day and they, she told me her son had swallowed a diaper pin when he was a kid. And I was like, yeah, we've moved past the diaper pin and we've moved into what is, it's essentially the same shape and size as a disposable diaper. It's got real elastics in it. It's got an exterior waterproof coating. And sometimes they even have built-in inserts that are sewn in and made from bamboo, cotton, microfiber, hemp. And it's just like all in one piece. You can get different styles. Some of them are like multiple pieces and some of them you reassemble. Some of them are made out of wool. Some of them are made out of tensile. Like there's lots of people out there who are trying to make a more sustainable diaper. And then there's just your everyday diaper. And it's really just like a disposable diaper in that it has back wings and a front tummy panel and a crotch and a leg elastic. And you just put it around baby and you fasten it with snaps or you fasten it with hook and loop and you kind of go. And when baby soils it, you take it off, you toss it in a bin and you wash it a couple days later. It, there's no folding. There's no uh, diaper pins. There's no risk of stabbing your baby in the belly. There's no (laughs) stabbing. They are mostly one size in that you buy one diaper and it fits from about 10 to 35 pounds and there's snaps that adjust the overall size of the elastics and length. And it's an incredibly diverse industry in that there's tons of different styles, but pretty straightforward when you look at it compared to what maybe you thought you knew. Uh, And we're using modern textiles that are breathable. They're beautiful and soft. Well, they're fashionable. So, oh, and they're fashionable. I think this is something that gets overlooked. Like, okay, so for instance, the Honest Company came out with their diapers. And I think part of their success came from the fact that they printed different prints on all their diapers. And people like, ooh, I like the skull ones. I'm going to get the skull ones. The cloth diaper community watching that happen, we were like, oh, God. what are you guys doing? You're stealing it from us. Yeah. Hate is a strong word. Yeah. Let's just you know, leave that for the bozos. Yeah. But I think it was really interesting. I also, I automatically had a problem with the company name because I'm like, how honest is the honest co type thing? But whatever, <laughs> Jessica Alba, do your thing. That's a conversation for a different day. But what I did want to say is I think it's really admirable to come out here and try to have this conversation about something as directly as having a podcast that says, cloth diaper podcast. That's what we do. I'm going to talk (laughs) to you about cloth diapering and what it's like and the challenges we face and what the industry is facing. So how are you in particular supporting the industry? You've mentioned this a couple times over the podcast. Like it sounds like you are developing, um, I don't know if it's an industry affiliation, an organization or something along those lines. Yeah. We're kind of like in the mud on it right now. After three years of podcasting, we realized that we don't have an industry association anymore. We did, and it fell apart in 2017. So we are kind of in the mud right now. We've I've gotten some groups together, and we are working on building a new industry association to bring us together as a stronger voice because we have really been segmented for a dozen years now. So it's in the process. I mean, a name hasn't even been decided, but we meet probably monthly, a group of brands and bloggers and businesses to chat about what our struggles are, what's going on, what are some themes in the industry, um, and how we can kind of work through that together. And it's been it's been really good for us because we can, you feel really alone, especially like as women in business. I mean, we have a couple, there's a couple of males in our industry, of course, but as women mm-hmm. in business, we can feel, yeah, very alone, uh, especially, and, and we get into competition, but we're not competing 
against each other. We need to stop that. So we've been working on moving away from competing against each other to focusing on the bigger picture of uh, how can we get more cloth into homes, even as simple as the swim diaper, right? If we can even get every parent on the planet to reconsider disposable swim diapers for cloth swim diapers, super easy switch, you know, like it's little baby steps, focusing on those baby steps as a collective voice. So we're working on it, but we're still trying to figure it out. I think a creation of a few infographics is in order. I'm sure there are many, <laughs> Yes, yes. Like... <laughs> I find like my specific role as the podcast, people kind of generally look to me for thought leadership in the industry. Okay, what's going on? What are the big, what is Bailey, Bailey contacts everybody? What's Bailey seeing? And making sure that we're focusing on mental health in our industry and making sure that we're focusing on positivity in our industry to propel that, to propel that growth, I think. Yeah. Well, what do you think is coming next? That's a really good question. What is coming next? I mean, next will be for us to form an association and really get our strength together so that we can lobby and we can work with municipalities and we can work with daycares better because daycare acceptance of cloth diaper is terrible. And so I am looking to the Cloth Nappy Association in the UK and the work that Bambino Mio and Guy is doing and kind of, okay, how can we bring that into the North America space to really have a strong climate change sustainability focus for the cloth industry? And what would that look like? So yeah, we want it to get to the point where you could ask a mom in a hospital, what type of diaper are you using? We're not assuming that they're going to use cloth disposable and not assuming that they're going to use cloth, but just like knowing that they have to choose between one or the other. Or that How about actually sending them hybrid. home with a couple of cloth <laughs> or, I mean, that too. We're, I'm not, the cloth industry is like cautious on wanting to dictate anything because cloth is not always going to be the best choice for a family. Mm-hmm. Um I, I'm in British Columbia right now, which we are watching the BC storm unravel, which is having some huge climate impacts from forestry. And we have supply chain cutoffs, but we also have areas of massive flooding where cloth and washing cloth is not a viable option right now. Mm. So it's like the future is going to look like a hybrid approach of diapering. And it's going to be cloth is a great option for some families who have access to water, electricity, detergents and disposables are going to be a great option for some families as well. And making sure that we work with the disposable industry to make a better disposable, uh, a compostable disposable, whatever that looks like. Recycling disposables doesn't seem to be like a viable long-term, like from what I'm reading, but yeah. Also watching the BC storm destroy access out of the port of Vancouver is interesting because when supply chains cut off, what does that mean for disposable families? Cloth as an option can be a great choice. It's, it's about finding a world of options, I think, is what we're working on. Well, Bailey, you just sounded like a very strong diplomat or politician. <laughs> I think you could run for office with that headset. I mean, it's also looking at municipality, running for municipality office, but that is intimidating. Those types of roles, like as a woman with kids and families. Hey, it's what we need. I know, but it's, it's, it's a lot. We're working on it, you know? Yeah. Reaching out, connecting, networking, growing our own voice. Well, very good. As we prepare to wrap (laughs) up, is there a question that I haven't asked that you wish I had or some thought you would like to leave our audience with? 
You know, we've covered so many amazing topics today that I love to talk about, but I don't really get to talk about, including (laughs) women's worth in this industry and supply chains and the lifespan of a diaper that I really think you've done a really great job of kind of answering everything that I think people would look at. I know a lot of times people will look at the price of cloth diapering and have a little moment of panic. And Mm. that's where just just casual part-time. And I also probably would really want to emphasize that the diaper service is making a comeback. And if we're going to look at sustainability, the diaper service is really where it's at because it's a shared economy mm-hmm. and the diapers are going back and they're circling and it's one person washing in a commercial facility. And we didn't talk about the diaper service and it, it's, it. I think that would be it. Is like, if you sustainability wise for our communities we need to go look at the diaper service and how we can bring that back to our communities how we can encourage people to do it and Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of future in that yeah hey that's creating a circular economy maybe it's something you Mm. can launch in conjunction with your podcast (laughs) maybe maybe i don't (laughs) know diaper podcast diaper service coming soon maybe i made it come up with a new name there's some great great brands charlie banana just launched the diaper service serving 19 states using USPS. Hmm. So, and then hospital grade washing. So like some interesting brands, like reinventing the wheel, trying to find it, make it accessible. Option, And it's really, it's really cool. It's really cool watching it happen. And I can't wait to see how the industry changes over the next five years. I hope I'm still around. At this point, I've invested so much of my life into it that it would be weird to walk away uh, and hard to walk away, even though my kids are five. So, wow. Well, Bailey, it's been so great to talk to you. I feel like I learned something about where the industry is and where it could head. And I think if you have anything to do with it, it will. I like to also invite all of my listeners to act. It doesn't have to be huge. It could be as simple as sharing this podcast with some people in your community that you think could benefit from it. Or also just shifting from diapering with disposables to integrating a cloth diaper in your routine. It doesn't have to be full time. It could just be a couple days a week or a few hours a day. For more ideas like this and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit caremorebebetter.com. We do publish an activist guide and there are many other resources there for those that are interested in learning more about sustainability and activism, social impact, and ways that you can make a difference. Join the community. Thank you listeners now and always for being a part of this pod and this community because together, We really can do so much more. We can care more and we can be better. We can even regenerate earth. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for social good. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts and share with your friends to help us reach more people and spread more social good.